0: Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is the first episode of our new podcast, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our topic today is an examination of the Trump administration's enforcement record. Well, I'm really glad to begin our new podcast service that will focus on important legal and compliance issues as a companion to our blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and the services we offer by my law firm, the Volkoff Law Group. Uh, We plan to offer regular podcasts on legal and compliance topics and include occasional interviews of important people in the legal and compliance industry. Let's turn to today's topic the new administration's enforcement program and the current risks facing companies today. My perspective here is to provide some insights on enforcement priorities so that companies can factor this into your risk assessment and compliance priorities. To start, we need to remember where we've come from. As a practicing attorney in Washington for over 35 years, I can tell you from personal experience, the Obama administration was by far the most aggressive enforcement environment we've ever seen. Of course, there was one big glaring gap in their aggressive enforcement strategy, and that was the failure to prosecute senior executives and individual officers. Uh, As we turn to the new administration, the question is, where does the Justice Department go from here? When the new administration came into power, everyone predicted less aggressive enforcement, especially with respect to the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, or FCPA, where the president previously had made derogatory remarks about the law. The SEC was expected as well to ramp back uh, its enforcement as well, Uh, and basically a more business-friendly attitude was expected. So far, the results have been mixed, in my view. So in analyzing the Justice Department and as a former federal prosecutor for 25 years, I sort of have learned how to read the tea leaves. And, and I look at several different sources. First and most important to me are budget priorities. Look at where the money is going at the Department of Justice. Are they hiring new people in specific sectors? Are they Have they made public statements as well about their intention with regard to that? And then you look at the investigations or case analyses as things are transpiring. Uh, going back, we look here at by budget priorities because they usually mean that if you're going to hire people, you're going to have a staff of people, be it FBI agents, be it prosecutors. The number one determinant for them is going to be we want to see you produce. And so, based on speeches, early statements, and initial actions. To me, the priorities for the Justice Department have come out in two specific areas. One, healthcare fraud. Two, sanctions cases and probably more criminal sanctions cases. The FCPA area, I kind of see this as staying the same uh, and not changing very much, and I'll go through that in, in a little bit. Criminal antitrust, anti-money laundering, car safety criminal cases are probably going to stay uh, the same as well. Where I see some decline, it'll be in civil merger and antitrust enforcement where you'll see some minor reductions. But remember, criminal antitrust will not go up or down. Uh, it tends to p- stay pretty consistent in turn, no matter what the uh, political affiliation uh, and who's in power. Terrorism and espionage cases obviously will continue. Uh, One big area that I see an increase will be drug trafficking and violent crime and the emphasis on gang prosecutions. And uh, I think we'll see a big decline in the civil rights area. That's been made pretty clear in terms of uh, where this administration is going. So let's go back to the fraud division of the criminal uh, division and see where and the reasons for sort of my uh, predictions and the way that I see healthcare enforcement going. Remember, uh, when we look at healthcare fraud, we're looking at providers primarily of healthcare services, doctors, hospitals, um, skilled nursing facilities, anything that can fall within the False Claims Act, uh, and uh, anything and anyone that can be prosecuted, uh, going all the way up to senior officials in companies. Uh, compliance professionals, if you're in the healthcare sector, you have to take this into account. And I know you already have been operating under a very um, aggressive environment, but you need to take this into account and enhance your compliance program even more. Uh, In this area, there has to be more focus on auditing, uh, checking out your, uh, if you're obviously involved in Medicare reimbursement, Medicaid reimbursement through the state, you've got to make sure that you've got accurate record keeping and that your submissions are accurate. The Justice Department's budget is going to increase for health care fraud and enforcement programs. President uh, Trump's administration already submitted a budget proposal to Congress on March of uh, this year that had included uh, an additional $70 million for healthcare fraud and abuse control programs uh, in the Department of Health and Human Services, which coordinates and combines with the Justice Department prosecutors. So we're going to see more healthcare fraud, and there's going to be a focus on this. Why? Well, I think the Attorney General Sessions has become enamored with uh, health care fraud as a, as a high priority. Um, I don't feel or don't see the same sort of attraction to uh, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act or FCPA prosecutions, but um, even though I don't see that same intensity in terms of political attraction to the issue, the fact is that key Justice Department officials have already stated that they are going to continue with aggressive FCPA enforcement. Um, And however, you know, since we had a big year of uh, FCPA enforcement in 2016, um, since then, the Trump administration has not announced any major enforcement actions. Nonetheless, here's why I think that the FCPA will continue to be enforced pretty much the same. First off, you have the resources that are already in place, and there were huge increases in resources at the FBI and at the FCPA unit in the Justice Department. And that included uh, three dedicated FBI squads to anti-corruption enforcement and an increase by 10 attorneys at the FCPA unit. Also, U.S. Attorney's offices have become more uh, comfortable or familiar with the FCPA and and been involved in more cases, so you're going to see more use of their resources on the local level uh, when cases are brought. So... Even though there's been a huge increase in FCPA prosecutions, I don't think that 2017 uh, is going to be that big a year because it's already off to a slow start. But the last two quarters are usually the biggest quarters in terms of FCPA enforcement, and we'll have to see what happens. I do think that this has been a slow year, though. Uh, primarily because of the slow pace of political appointments, and in particular, the delay in the approval of the nominated uh, head of the criminal division for the Justice Department, Brian Benchkowski. He's still pending uh, review. So I think we're going to see, in terms of FCPA continuing, and obviously that should remain a priority for everyone in terms of compliance work, and I think we should... uh, ramp up and increase. If you're in the healthcare sector and you are a provider in particular, uh, you should definitely devote more efforts and even try to expedite some of the improvements that you may have had in that area. The other area that I mentioned where we're going to see, uh, I think, some increase is in criminal sanctions cases. Um, pretty much the criminal sanctions cases have been uh, limited to you know major cases against banks for circumventing sanctions. Um, but I think we're going to see more in terms of the emphasis on the importance of sanctions, which the Trump administration has already shown by increasing the number and breadth of sanctions so far. The other point to me that's important is the uh, return recently of a superseding indictment in the Southern District of New York of a major case against Turkish officials relating to uh, evading uh, an Iran sanctions case. Now, this case uh, began in the Obama administration, but I think uh, the addition just recently of a former Turkish minister of the economy uh, and a former general manager of the Turkish government-owned bank and two other individuals uh, who were originally arrested, three of them were originally arrested, Uh, in 2016, but now the addition of the Turkish minister of the economy, the former Turkish minister, shows how serious uh, sanctions enforcement is going to take. This is a Turkish bank that was uh, instrumental in evading uh, and helping people to evade the Iran sanctions program that the U.S. had for uh, many years and continues to have. At the same time, I think we're going to see OFAC sanctions enforcement increase. The OFAC is the Office of Foreign Assets Control within the Department of Treasury. It's a civil enforcement agency, much like the SEC is the civil enforcement agency for the FCPA. Uh, Both of those organizations work closely with the criminal prosecutors at the Justice Department. But the reason I think we're going to see an increase in sanctions enforcement is that First off, we have more sanctions, even though the Iran sanctions were relaxed somewhat uh, in terms of secondary uh, implications. We now are going to a different era, and I think this era is where we have more sanctions that have been imposed on Russia through Congress passing a bill and forcing the administration to increase those uh, sanctions against Russia. But more importantly, we now have Venezuela sanctions, which is the new, uh, new ones put in place by the Trump administration, and they included... The first time uh, of use of sectoral sanctions outside the Russia context. So, this is to me an important sign that the SSI or sectoral sanctions are going to be used as a tool in other jurisdictions. I also think you're going to see a reversal of the Cuba sanctions. And, uh, and the move to relax the Cuba sanctions under uh, President Obama will be reversed and is starting to be reversed already by this administration. So I think with that and with the sort of greater emphasis on sanctions enforcement, especially against North Korea, and trying to get now at the banks and other sources of, in, of finances and oil... Uh, and other important items that go to the North Korean economy, we're going to see a ramp up again in terms of enforcement in that area as well. So as a last area, let's take a look at antitrust. And in terms of antitrust issues, and I mentioned it at the headline, uh, you know, at the front of this uh, podcast, and criminal antitrust tends to stay the same. It continues There's not much disagreement over the political disagreement over the issue of price fixing, territorial allocations among competitors, uh, customer allocations, uh, bid rigging. Those types of things are pretty much bread and butter Uh, from the 1990s on has been a very aggressive program that has been put in place. Uh, during the clinton administration actually started more during the uh... bush administration bush one and continued into the clinton administration where it gained a lot of uh... sort of a lot of momentum through the implementation of the leniency program where you may see changes is more likely in the area of merger and civil enforcement and when republicans get in power this is an area that usually goes down in terms of enforcement priority I don't think you're going to see this uh, new antitrust division uh, push the same issues uh, with regard to stopping mergers and the types of mergers that the Obama administration uh, has done. So what that means, uh, and I've been also sort of pushing this issue on my blog, and I think uh, I just want to remind everyone, I think there needs to be a greater focus in the compliance community on antitrust criminal compliance. It tends to be an area where legal offices uh, maintain control of it, and because of that, um, it isn't as a proactive an area Um, and because it's not a proactive area, it doesn't get into sort of the portfolio of the chief compliance officer. It's viewed as more of a legal issue, and what I'm saying is that the criminal antitrust risks are so obvious and so significant, uh, especially with what I would call a very mature global enforcement environment, that it's really important for companies to start taking a look at their antitrust compliance program and improving it. What you usually see in these programs is maybe a training session, uh, a certification by individuals, and that's about it. But given the fact that this is just a high-risk area, that it's going to continue as an enforcement priority, uh, not go up or down um, in this uh, era, but nonetheless is such a mature program that operates very well, we've got to see compliance officers turning this into a higher priority and devoting more attention and resources to it. And it means working with uh, your legal brethren uh, to make sure that this is uh, they are part of the effort as well. Well, we've touched on everything that uh, the Trump administration, sort of the priorities and the important priorities. Thanks again for listening to our first podcast for Corruption, Crime and Compliance. We'll be releasing more podcasts in the future. And please subscribe to the podcast series. And if you need to reach me uh, to discuss any issues, legal issues, compliance issues, I can be reached at Volkoff. that's spelled V as in Victor, O-L-K-O-V, at Volkoff, V as in Victor, O-L-K-O-V, law, all one word, dot com. My law firm blog is at www.volkofflaw.com. And please subscribe to our blog Corruption Crime and Compliance. We also have a library of 60 recorded webinars on compliance topics which is available at Volkov Law TV.